Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a coach and champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. The Mums on Cloud9 podcast aims to inspire mums to progress their career in the Salesforce sector from starting out to climbing the career ladder. We provide top tips and insight on how to succeed in your career and overcome adversity that many women can face in the workplace. This week, I'm talking about how to create a great mentoring relationship between a mentor and mentee. It's very important to lay these foundations to make sure a good successful match comes out of it. And at Supermums, we upskill mentors with training and coaching skills to make sure that they have these foundations in place. So firstly, let's talk about the value of mentoring. If you're starting out in the Salesforce industry, we'd highly recommend you find a mentor who can help you. A mentor can offer a lot of value to help progress your career and build your self-esteem. You want to be looking for somebody who's more experienced than you, who you can bounce ideas off, validate your thoughts and give you assurance that you've done the right thing. They can also help you prep for a job interview. And if they do all this successfully, they can give you a great reference to help you get that first job. Through the process of mentoring, mentees are supported to increase their awareness, deepen their learning and improve their performance. And helping them to achieve their goals and aspirations to enhance their quality of life is a very rewarding experience and I would highly recommend that anybody has a mentor during that first few years of starting out and even further when you're progressing and you need help to get to that next level. You might always be looking for that different type of mentor along the way. In return, a great mentor will also benefit from the experience. So please don't feel as a mentee that, you know, you're, you're, yes, you're using their time, but they're also really rewarded by a lot of this experience themselves. For a mentor, it allows us to strengthen their communication, management and leadership skills. It helps them to understand different people's learning styles and approaches to work. And they'll get a great deal of satisfaction in seeing your men- your, you flourish as a mentee. It's one of the reasons why we include one-to-one mentoring as a core part of our Salesforce admin training at Supermums because we feel it's very important to build the confidence of our new talent who are on their learning journey. One of the most important things though is to establish a good mentoring relationship and as I've mentioned we deliver a very comprehensive training programme to upskill our volunteer mentors in mentoring skills to make sure that everything gets off to a good start. So I'm going to share some of these top tips with you today. So let's kick off talking about how to be a great mentor. If you're wanting to step into this role, um, it's a great opportunity to say to develop a whole range of new skills. But great mentors are motivated and they really want to make the time to get this formula right. It's not something that you should just waltz into and make it up. There are a lot of things to really think about. Now let's think about some of those traits that you might possess as a mentor. First, you want to be reliable. A great mentor is trustworthy, consistent and dependable. So you should be always showing up for the session, be prepared um, and make sure that you've got the mentee's best interest in mind. The next is to be be persistent. In most cases, the mentor must be willing to commit to mentoring for a length of time um, to support the mentee in achieving results, especially in a working environment. If you don't hear from a mentee for any reason, then the the mentor should not really give up easily on that person, but instead be persistent and reach out to them to make sure everything is actually okay. Also needs to be a great deal of respect between the mentor and mentee. There should be that ability to listen to each other and to honor each other's beliefs, opinions, backgrounds, and choices. It might be that you don't agree on everything, but similarly, you'd want to have that open respect that you understand each other's point of view and you're learning from that. The second is that together you want to have a good sense of humour. 
Um, you don't want to take everything too seriously. Um, and you want to be able to have a bit of a laugh. So when you're mentoring somebody in a professional capacity, it's also really great to start connecting with them on a personal level as well, to build that rapport and energy between each other. And then you can start to have a little bit more of a jovial conversation as you go through. Secondly, is patience. A great mentor understands that each mentee lives their life according to their individual timeline. So sometimes things perhaps don't progress as often as you would. Now at Supermums, people join us quite often because they want that accountability. They want weekly homework and to know where they are progressing to. But if something doesn't get done for some reason because a child was ill, etc., then obviously that mentor has to be very patient and considerate of that person and understand that things might get pushed back. And with that comes intuitiveness. So if you think that something isn't quite right, dig down a little bit. It's very well to turn up and talk about Salesforce in a professional capacity and talk about the technical. But if somebody is really struggling with something or you see their confidence, dig down a little bit more. As I'm going to come on to, sometimes you need a bit more of a personal support and personal conversations to help somebody move forward. It might not be the technical skill that's holding them back. So certainly with mentoring, it does transcend both professional and personal boundaries. Moving on, thinking about curiosity. And it, this is really, as I say, it's important to build the rapport with your mentee because what you want to do is be asking them questions, not always advising them. So you want to have that open, honest, respectful relationship where you can ask them and be curious about things and then feeling comfortable to open up with you. You want honesty within that relationship because you want each other to be speaking the truth and to feel safe to speak the truth so you can then move forward and achieve those goals with everything on the table. Now if something goes amiss or there is a little bit of friction between you it is important that a mentor is able to self-regulate and is able to control his or her own emotions during the session. Obviously if the mentor isn't in a great place because something's going on in their personal life they might not be in the right space to do mentoring themselves and maybe at that point they need to just put it on pause. So as a mentor you need to feel that you are in a capacity to support somebody else and that you can sort of self-regulate during that and to make sure that you can honour that commitment with your mentee because as you move forward the two of you are signing up to a three or a six month or 12 month agreement um, which means you're going to achieve those outcomes. You want the time and energy to commit to that. So let's move through to talking about how to develop the mentoring relationship. So the two of you are meeting for the first time, it's that first date and you're thinking okay well how do we connect on this, how do we build and create a foundation that you can both work on. The first thing that you're going to want to do is agree those SMART outcomes and goals. SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-framed. For example, when our supermums are working, um, our supermum volunteers are working with our trainees, it's a six-month programme. There's very clear outcomes and deliverables to be achieved each week. So the mentor will meet with the mentee, oversee their work, check that they've done it correctly, support them if they haven't quite got it right for any reason. And at the end of the six months, the focus is really on securing the admin certification and landing a job. So it's very clearly set out. Now, if you are mentoring in a relationship that doesn't have that clear accountability and agenda, then you need to be creating your own and setting out that plan for success. The second thing to do when developing a mentoring relationship is understanding their learning styles. And this is a big one. So you might be explaining something to somebody as a mentor, to a mentee, and it could be going in one ear and out the other because you aren't delivering it aligned with their learning style. So when we talk about learning style, we're talking about three of the main learning styles, which is visual, auditory and kinesthetic. Now, typically people have a primary learning style 
And you want to be conscious as a mentor that you're delivering in the right way, delivering that advice and guidance and demonstrating something in the right way that aligns to their preferred learning style. So in order to understand what their learning style is, you can quite often find a a VAC test online. So VAC stands for visual, auditory, kinesthetic, obviously. And you can check out and do a little test. Otherwise, you could do a simple exercise to say, if we were building a climbing frame in the garden, which is the way that you would learn? Is it by looking at pictures in a book, um, in the manual, uh, which would be visual? Is it about watching a YouTube video, which would be more auditory? Or is it about not looking at either and just trying to do it yourself, which is quite kinesthetic orientated. They just want to get stuck in. So that's a quick and easy and dirty way of finding out short of doing a test. And depending on which is their preferred learning style, there is a number of ways that you would deliver and support them learning back on that. Next, you want to move through to create a mentoring plan. And this is agreeing how, when and where you're going to meet. So you want to make it routine, ideally, unless something sudden comes up, in which case they might need some extra support. So we also agree the boundaries for communication in between these meetings. So if you meet weekly, for example, um, are you able to open up communication in between those times with phone calls and emails? It's really important that you set the boundaries so nobody feels that they're over requiring support, um, you're not standing on any toes, you know, just make sure that it's all agreed. Next, you want to create a mentoring agreement. And actually, this is a written document. I'd highly recommend it's written and that you write it together so you both own it. And in this, you want to write down all those goals and achievements you've set out to do. You're going to write down and agree when and how you're going to meet. Um, and also set out about how you're going to work together and treat each other. The purpose of this agreement is to create a safe and courageous space for the mentee, build their trust and help the mentor know how to work with the mentee in a manner that empowers the mentee to come and achieve their results. So write everything down that you're agreeing to work on together. Now, if things hit the fan a little bit, you know, there will be barriers and there will be challenges. It can be um, a situation where maybe there's a third party involved. So for example, at Supermums, if there is a problem with the mentee and mentee relationship for any reason, they know they can escalate it to one of our team at Supermums and we'll try and resolve it in some way. Obviously, if you don't have that third party, then you're a, you're maybe looking at obviously addressing this between yourselves. So try and unpack really what is going on. Obviously, nobody wants to leave anything on a, a bad term, but really just start to understand where that breakdown has happened. You know, revisit the agreement understand what's gone wrong and see if you can revise it in a way that works. Now, what would you expect as a mentor and mentee relationship? There are certain mentoring skills that a mentor would adopt and a mentee should be expecting to have. I think one of the things um, when you talk about the definition of a mentor, a mentor is very different to a coach but the two can intertwine. So a mentor typically is somebody who is more experienced than you, that can impart guidance and advice, will help you achieve something and give you, as I say, more hands-on guidance because they are more experienced. Now, somebody who's a coach typically won't impart guidance to you, but actually will ask you a series of questions to help elicit the answers that we believe is within yourself or help you give a range of scenarios and for you to think through the best way of moving forward. Now, a mentor would combine both these skills together. They would combine the advice and guidance and the coaching skills to really be the most effective mentor they can do. And that's why at Supermums, we do offer training in coaching skills and techniques because we feel this is a really important component to it. 
So the first skill that I'm going to talk about is effective listening and then effective questioning. Because as a mentor, one of the most important roles you have is to listen to what the mentee is saying, to really understand what it is they need and want out of an outcome. And from that is then to question them, to be able to ask really good questions. And quite often we give a set of series of questions a a mentor could ask in certain mentoring situations. So effective listening and questioning is the first thing, not jumping in with advice without really understanding the context of the situation and digging that little bit deeper. Now, once you've unpacked what it is that's going on for them, then you can move on to providing more advice and guidance. What you might want to do is caveat that to some degree and being careful that your advice you know, is a suggestion based on the information you have to hand because what you don't want to do is put yourself in a vulnerable situation as a mentor where you know anything might become your fault for some reason so talk about your experience of giving advice and guidance by saying you know when I've been through this before these are the steps that I took or these are the scenarios that I've seen and these could be ones that you could take so don't tell a mentee what to do as a mentor. You don't want to be in that situation where it's a forced, you should be doing this. But a mentor should be very much sort of sat and share their own experiences and their own sort of ways of solving things of which the mentee then can choose what they, they want to take or not going forward. Now, once you've unpacked this, giving advice and guidance, um, you want to then want to sort of put that into an action planning stage. So you've unpacked everything and you want to say, right, how are we going to embed this going forward? And that's when you want to be building out your action plan. Now, how do you check if this is working or not? As you go through and, and, and every time you've had a mentoring session, it's always really great to ask feedback and say, how was that session for you today? Did it hit the spots that it needed to? Is there anything I could have done differently? Don't be scared to ask for feedback at the end of a mentoring session to check that you're on track with it and to keep building the foundations of that relationship as you move forward. Now, if somebody is very emotional in a session, it might be because there's other things going on for them. And as a mentor in the Salesforce world, that might be a little bit scary because you're there to teach mentoring, right? But the reality is you don't know what's going on for that person right now and how they're feeling, maybe overwhelmed in their job, things are going on. And it's just important not to get scared by those emotions, um, maybe because you don't feel equipped to handle them. So again, mentors can really benefit from uh, from additional training in this, you know, understanding again, coaching skills, even some basic counseling skills if needed, you certainly don't need to be a counsellor. But just kind of getting that level of emotional intelligence will help mentors understand how to um, interact in that sort of situation and how to be as supportive as possible. Everybody's human. And an emotion is just really a way of letting something out, getting that emotion out. And maybe that's just what they need to do. You just need to give them a box of tissues and let them sob it out. So give them that space and freedom because quite often having that cry just makes everybody feel better. Having a little rant makes them feel better. They might not want you to fix anything. So don't necessarily be in a solution mode. You know, just say, is there anything that I can do to help with this? Is there anything you'd like to talk to? And open up questions again rather than going with advice see if it's something I want to do but just being there and allowing and and allowing that emotion to come up is part of the grief cycle it's part of going through a process of emotion and that's what you're there to do you're there to help them progress in their career one way or another way and that's going to have obstacles because the reality is is on your career path not everything's going to go smoothly, right? You're not going to get interviews, you're going to have projects that go wrong, you know, you're going to have that day where everything feels like it's not quite working out. 
you know, you are, as a mentor and a mentee, you are going to have these emotional bumps because that's the whole point of mentoring really is to help you overcome these challenges. So go on that grief cycle, be aware that it's a grief cycle, it's going to be there, it's going to happen and just keep sort of coaching and guiding people through it. Obviously difficult situations arise and there is conflict, as I say, you could bring a third person into these situations, um, you know, allow somebody else to facilitate it or if it doesn't work for whatever reason because it's like a marriage or it's like dating, if you don't feel like the mentoring relationship isn't working, don't be scared to walk away. You know, that is okay because the reality is once you start working together and, you know, as long as you've laid, you know, you've adopted as many principles as possible to lay really good foundations, you've done the best you can. But the energy and the synergy and the rapport between two people might not take off and that's okay. And it doesn't mean you've done something wrong. The mentor's not necessarily done something wrong. It just means that two people just haven't clicked. So don't feel bad about having to step back. You know, you can ask for another mentor, find another mentor. Don't feel like you have to stick with it if something isn't quite working out. And so this leads me nicely on to monitoring the effectiveness of the mentoring over time and just being really clear, as I say, on how well it is performing in a little bit more detail. So what we'd recommend is do create mentor records, you know, keep a record of all the conversations that you've been having, all the recommendations. It can be really powerful for the mentee to write down what they have agreed to do because that allows them to take a level of ownership. So I'd very much um, caution against the mentor writing everything up and giving it to the mentee. I think the mentee needs to write it to own it and to take that forward and for them to agree their own SMART goals for the week. I think the mentor, however, can write up their own notes just so they've got that record and then they can turn up for the next session being fully informed and reminded about what they've been talking about, what the actions were. And there's that clarity on both sides. You then want to review the progress with the mentee. So each week, go back to those SMART goals, get really clear on what it is that you're working towards, whether they've been done. So at Supermums, uh, we have homework records that need to be submitted each week. And that means that we can keep aware of how people are getting on, that everything's been done. So when they get to the end of the three months, we know that they're ready to go on the work experience element. And so creating that sort of accountability structure and ticking things off Using software system to between you to do it can be very, very powerful for everybody involved. We'd also recommend that both the mentor and mentee review their own performance in this relationship. So both reflect on how you've how you have communicated with each other, how you're both performing, you know, have that honest feedback with each other with some open questions because both of you are in this relationship. It's like building any relationship. You're getting to know each other. Um, you all have different things going on in your life. And, you know, do give gratitude. Do apologise if you're not doing something. Do be open in your communication. Don't feel guilty. You know, a relationship is all about talking, being open, being accountable to each other. And so keep building on that relationship by being open to it and as I say giving honest feedback to each other where it's needed and then finally celebrate those outcomes evaluate what you've actually achieved everything you've achieved along the way and take an opportunity to celebrate those outcomes each week it might be that the mentor even gives little rewards to people so if they got their first job you might send them a present to say well done so celebrate everything that you've achieved together be it small be it large sort of keep nudging people along that journey Um, and that equally the mentee 
could give a present to the mentor to say thank you very much for their input you know everything like that finishes a relationship really nicely and actually I've seen many of our relationships between our mentors and mentees continue beyond the six months when we've partnered them because they've really built a great foundation and rapport so I hope that's been useful for you today I think in summary my three top tips would be agree the goals and outcomes create a good mentoring plan and understand their learning style to ensure you communicate in the right way If you are interested in training up to be a great mentor, then you're welcome to join the Supermums Volunteering Mentor Opportunity. As part of that, you get to mentor somebody for six months, plus you get trained up in mentoring skills, and you'd really learn how to do all of this in practice. If you want to be mentored, then you're welcome to join our Salesforce admin course, um, and you would get to benefit from a mentor over the first six months of your learning journey to become a Salesforce professional. I hope it's been useful for you today to think about how you can create a great mentoring relationship, whether you're a mentor or a mentee. If you like the show, please do rate and review us on iTunes and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter via supermums.org and you'll also find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining today. Speak to you soon. Bye.